Am I muted now? Oh, good Lord. What I said was, I'm, I'm trying to concentrate on my notes, concentrate on scripture, concentrate on what God's trying to say to me. Ignoring the worship team's uh, lyrics that they've got going on here. And then it just kept hitting me over and over. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Flood this place. Fill the atmosphere. He did. I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't come here for that. I came here to give a message and get a pat on the back and say, oh, good job, Stu. You gave a good word today. Stupid human flesh. Do you want more awareness of who God is? Raise your hand if you want more awareness of who he is. But be careful what you ask for, amen? You know, when Elisha said, Lord, let them see, I'm always afraid of that. It's like, Lord, don't let me see. I don't want to see the demonic. I want to see your angels encamped everywhere. But I know I'll be scared to death. I know I'll be scared, like in that song, the Echo Song. Can you pull those lyrics up for a second, the Echo Song? I had a thought there. Maybe I can get my mind back in place. Um, yeah. Go to the angels falling on their faces. That's all I kept seeing, a million angels falling on their faces, and I'm standing upright waiting for the next thing. Angels before the face of God, before the throne of God, and they're falling down on their faces. They already know him. They've known him for a millennia. And I, I'm standing guarded. I'm standing with my arms folded. I'm standing as if I got it all together, and I don't. Do you have it all together? You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. I don't care how successful you are. I don't care how beautiful your family is. I don't care how many your family is. You don't have it all together and you need Jesus really bad. Amen? This isn't a rebuke. This is, a, this is an encouragement. It doesn't look like one. But you need Jesus real bad. I need Jesus real bad to guide me every day. Not just because I accepted him as my Savior, Lord, which I did. And I will tell anybody. I will go to my grave saying that from my lips. But because I've accepted him, I need to live a life worthy of him. I need to honor him. I need to fall on my face and glorify him. And I watched Trina doing that. I was like, why don't I do that? Sometimes I do in spirit, but I don't do that physically. It doesn't mean I don't honor God, I do. It doesn't mean I don't love God, I do. The sense that I got is I just have to get real about that between me and God. Just hang tight there. Woo! I don't know if woo translates to amen back in that day. Amen. Anybody get rid of a lot of junk? Anybody still getting rid of a lot of junk? Just stay there. You don't have to get with the service. You don't have to get in the program. You don't have to go tick, tick, tick. There's A, B, and C to do. Just stay there with God. While, while you're standing, while you're waiting, the message, the message today is going to be on prayer, and we're not leaving that. This is a place we're supposed to be. I have no doubt in my mind. And the phrase that went through 
one of the elders of mine yesterday, and I'm going to introduce him here in a second, and it was, I didn't tell him, it was in the back of mine, and I'd read it earlier that morning, so it was confirmation for me, and we conspired to, uh, to do this together. I'll tell you why in a little bit. But the message is that my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, or my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. However you receive that, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. I want to set the stage for that and think about Jesus and when he was going through his ministry and he had just gone through and he's at the peak of being honored. He's still dealing with craziness. He still has the disciples, James and John, saying, hey, can I sit at your right? And he's sitting at your left. He's still going through some of that. It's like, no, the, the greatest among you must be the least. You must be servant to all if you want to be master. And he's teaching and he's teaching. And he leaves, he leaves this parade they had for him of the, the Palm Sunday that you recall. And he's walking around, and I know he had this in his mind, but he's like, hmm, I'm hungry. I wonder if that, if that fig tree has any fruit on it. I wonder if that fig tree has any fruit on it. His disciples heard him. He made them hear him. So he went up and he goes, huh, that tree doesn't have any fruit on it. May no one ever eat fruit from you again. Strange, the disciples didn't think much about it. Then he went into the temple. And he, he's, the temple was a precious place that was set up and ordained by God and designed by his architecture prowess and told them how to build it. And Jesus is going in and seeing all the degradation that's happened in the temple. And you've been reading about it. If you've been following this yearly plan, you've been reading about that and all the degradation that's coming down. And Jesus at that time, he's not shy at all. He's telling people he is the son of God. He is the savior of the world. And he walks in and with authority and he throws the tables He's throwing animals. He's kicking stuff over. He says, get out. He stopped them from bringing animals into, um, into the courts, into the court of the Gentiles. And he said, my house, is it not written that my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers? I don't know if that's a word for us here at MCF. I know it's a word that we're supposed to start on. And I want you to start relaxing. Go ahead and get back to your seats and, and have a seat. And I'm going, to try and, I'm going to try and carve a way through here. Worship team, if you guys can just take a break, but be on call. And I'm going to have you come back up. Show a picture of that temple for me, if you would. I know I'm skipping around now. I'm sorry. Or Ben. I called you Adam. I don't know why I did that. So the temple in all of its beauty is supposed to be a place where we're offering sacrifices. We're coming before the Lord and you had to be very clean. You had to have been cleansed. You had to have been generational of the, of the priest or the Levites or somebody before you enter that area. All the rest, you have some ability to come into that area. But there's one, there's one area that I want to talk about that Jesus spoke of. And it's the one called the court of the Gentiles. So he said that the temple courts, he's clearing everybody out of the way of the temple courts. If you look at that, the temple court um, up there where it says court of the Gentiles, I put a couple notes here. The temple courts, court of the Gentiles, it was a memorial or some kind of assurance that everybody has access to come worship God. There was a place for you and where you're going to do that before Jesus. You couldn't come in there if you weren't sanctified, you weren't set apart, and you weren't a Jewish high priest or whatever. But I want to speak about that in a second. Jesus declared, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. It's not just for the Jews, his chosen people. It's for all of us in here. I don't know any Jews in here unless the Rabensteins are really hiding that from me. I, I've teased them. They're my favorite Jewish family that I've ever known. And of course, there's, they're not Jewish, but 
They truly love the Lord Jesus and they proclaim him the Savior, but I'd love to say that. So it's an area, it became an area where all this trading took place and the sacrificial animals were being sold, which was part of the customs and ritual. But remember, all the degradation has been happening at this point. And Jesus is probably showing a frustration of God in human flesh. He's like, oh, come on, I'm just going to clear this house. But it's an interesting part, that little, that little area. So the area where the sale of sacrificial animals, dirty smell of animals on hollowed ground, Merchants were taking advantage of people. They were robbing them. So the den of robbers is, A, you're, you're stealing from the people. You've made your prices really high, et cetera. And you just made this a marketplace. This is not what church is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. The last couple parts of that is, Jesus drove out the merchants, wouldn't allow them to come to the temple courts. I want to go, go to where that came from. Go to that next slide, please. Is that Isaiah? Sorry if you can't see that. Isaiah, from Isaiah 56, God was speaking to the people back then, and he's already telling them, everybody has, gonna, everybody has access to me, and if you would just be those people who come to me and bow before me. In this very small snippet, it says, and foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and be his servants, and who keep my Sabbath without desecrating it, um, and who hold fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Today we have joy in this house of prayer, right? Amen? Do you have joy? Yeah, some of you do. Yeah. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So Jesus is just playing out this course of, of what was already written. He said, isn't it written? Don't you already know? Haven't you already seen? This is what this place is supposed to be. I want, I want us to be thinking very deeply about that. Is, is MCF really a house of prayer? And I'm going to get there. Poor Ben, he's like, Stu, you have 17 slides and you're on like 12 and then two. And it's okay. While I have your attention, I want to read, I want to read through the rest of this. Let's go through, let's go through 18, if you could. Throw that slide that's got 18 to... 21, I think. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began for looking for ways to kill him because they were, uh, they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning they went along and they saw the fig tree. I could read it up there. That's great. Withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the tree you curse has been withered. Of course it was withered. The creator of the earth said, tree, you're going to die. I wanted fruit. You didn't have You're going to die. And these disciples were still walking around saying, did you see that fig tree die? Did you see him raise that guy from the dead? Of course a fig tree died. But Jesus is doing this. He's teaching them as he's, as he's preparing for what's going on in the next week. But this is an important part for, for the disciples and for the rest of us. Have faith in God, Jesus said. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in the heart but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. I want you to focus on 22 to 24. 
This is where he's saying, I want you to pray for things. I want you to ask me for things. I want to give you those things or fix that thing or take care of that thing. Usually. There's some, there's some caveats to that. And those of you who are sitting out there saying, you can't do that. You can't, you can't break it up like that. But I'll get there in just one second. Remember how Jesus is doing this. He's this normal guy, son of a carpenter. But he has authority from a place that none of them even realize. It's not from the public. It's not from government. It's not from any schooling that he had, but it's from God. He, he cursed the fruitless tree and it dies. Of course it did. Jesus taught his disciples about doubt-free praying and how much power your faith and their faith in him has. What I want to challenge us today, and I wanted to move into this a little quicker, but I wanted to set the stage, is it's very powerfully on, on um, a few of us that this is, this is to be a day of prayer. We just lay stuff down before God, and that's what we're going to do. Um, the elders had a really nice time the last two days. We had a elders retreat. And if you don't know what that is, we take a couple days a year and we do nothing but talk about, about church life and the depth of the mission that we have and where we are in our commitment level and where we are with God and where we are as men and where are we struggling and where do we, where do we see victory? Where do we love each other? Where do we have some frustrations? We lay it all out there and we work with pastor and we just, we just put everything out and we talk about, oh, we want so much for this church to come alive and for everybody to feel the spirit of Christ on them and go out and tell others and, and it's truly our desire. There, there are ways to get there. There are healthy ways to get there and there, there are things that we have to do just because of how God does have structure and he does ordain uh, structure in the church. But if we just get down to the basis of it, it's like, God, you got this, just take it over, but use me how you will. But it, from that time, um, prayer has become a, a common theme. So what I want, show that little picture of MCF. It's a little cheesy picture, but can it be bigger than that? Oh, that's good. I can't see that. This is our simple little building. We got, we got whatever amount we have in here, and then we have others online. We have church members who aren't here, but they are a member of our body. Love them dearly. Hope to see everybody's face someday, but if not, we love you dearly. We love you in spirit. We love you physically. Love you emotionally. Mechanics for Christian Fellowship. This is one of our challenges. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of the most commonly spoken phrases, and you guys probably know it. For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you hope in the future, not to harm you. Everybody loves that phrase these days. It's even on my Bible cover. I love that phrase. But no one goes on to read 12 and 13 and those. And Jeremiah 29, 12 says, Then you will call on me and come to me and pray, and I will listen to you. You will come to me and you'll seek me with all of your heart. And when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. He's being very clear about that. So come seek me with all your heart. Don't just say the words. Get on your feet. Get on your bellies. Get on your knees. Put your head down on your car seat. Whatever. You seek me with all of your heart. I promise you, you'll find me. I'm not hidden. It's us. It's in the way. I think we know that. I don't think I have to preach too much about that. Where the challenge is, what I, what I love from 22, verse 22, Jesus said, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea, it'll go. I still don't have that kind of faith. I've tried to enact that on an ATV that didn't work. I was like, God, it's getting ready to rain. I just, in your name, Jesus, start this thing. And it didn't start, and it didn't start, and it didn't start. 
I've done that on simple things like that. I've done that on people that are dying and, I, and I'm asking him if he'll let them live for five more years, five more months, and they die anyways. Is my faith lacking? I don't know. I tell you what, though, I'm very cautious to say, but thy will be done. Because he probably has another plan. I might be stopping you if they go ahead and live. I don't want that to happen. I don't want to get in the way of God. But I still am human. I still want what I want. So I can still ask the Father. And when it's all done, and I'll use that example when my loved one dies, I have peace. I have no frustration. I have no regret. I'm not even mad at God. I've never been mad at God about losing a loved one. Maybe mom for a little while. But I knew where she was. I was just mad. I don't want to ramble. Any of you ever been there? Did you ever pray for something so bad? And you're like, God, why didn't you deliver that? Why didn't you deliver my son to yourself? Why didn't you stop that accident from happening? Why didn't you stop that cancer? Anybody pray that but me? Be honest here. Participating church. Becoming very faithful in prayer comes with lots of caveats. And it's, not, it's conditions. It's, it's situations that you have to think about. And I want to go over a few of those. So pray with that faithfulness. But here's some caveats. Can you throw up James 5, 16, please? Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So, if you're out on the street and you're feeling low and a guy comes up and he's wanting, hey, can I pray for you? I don't know. I've gotten mature enough. I'm going to be like, yeah, I'd love prayer. But I, I'm now I'm a little leery. I'm like, well, who are, you going, who are you praying to? Ask that question. Who are you praying to? Those of you, and I've been with Pastor Joey and a handful of you, we've been on the streets and we've asked people, can I pray for you? You know what's funny? They never ask us who we're praying to. I, I usually will tell them, like, I, uh, I just want to let you know where my belief is. I believe in God the Father. There's only one. I believe in his son Jesus that he put on earth. And I'll tell them, say, can I, can I pray for you? I've done this at work. I've pulled people in the room. They're crying. They lost something. Maybe they had a problem with their teenage child or, or whatever. Or a boss was mean to them, and I pull them in the room. It's like, do you mind if I pray for you? Do you know where my faith is? I'm going to explain to you real quick. If you don't, I'll tell them. Do you, yes, and they'll answer yes before I even get to, can I pray for you? People love to be covered in prayer, even if they're being stupid and they don't know that they need to know who God is. Does that make sense? It's like, yeah, you can pray for me. I'm sick. Okay. We'll do this now. Later, I'm going to be talking to you about who we just prayed to. I ramble. In James 16, the, what, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you're a righteous person, you have power in yourself that comes from Jesus. So if you're sitting on that, you've got this battery pack of prayer, and you're sitting on that, and you're not using that through the course of your week, you either got really healthy friends or really righteous friends, and nobody needs you. If you're like me and you just walk through Walmart, you could empty that battery pack out before you get to the pop. Amen? Does that make sense? Stu's going to get to a point, trust me. Go to Proverbs 16, please. Another caveat. Oof, these are fun ones. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Are your motives right when you're praying? Uh, let's, let's dissect this a little bit. So when, my, when any of my loved ones died in my family and Tamara's family and I'm praying for them not to die, um, my motives are right. I'm asking God if he would allow them to have more time so we can love on them, they can love on us, some of them so that they can find salvation in Jesus Christ. My motives are good then. 
Sometimes I'm asking God to take away, I don't know, a financial issue for somebody, a marital issue for somebody, uh, whatever. Are my motives good? Usually. Usually. Sometimes we may pray for my wife to be a better person. I pray for my husband to be a better person. Are my motives right? Partially. Your husband probably is a jerk. But he might be a jerk because you're a jerk. Can anybody relate to that? Of course. If, you're, if you've ever been a couple, of course you can relate to that. It takes two. It takes two. But if, but if your motives are, Lord, fix our marriage. Lord, fix our relationship. Lord, cover my child. He's a teenager trying to taste everything, and I don't want him to go there. I done did that, and I screwed it up. Right? Your motives are good. If your motives are good, weigh those out. Give those over to God. If your motives are, dear God, um, if you can, like, make Pastor Joey get sick and then I could be pastor, that'd be cool. <laughs> Motives might be a little bit skewed. Sorry, Pastor. <laughs> That's not what I read, trust me. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Your motives, have to be, your motives have to be pure. They're going to be weighed by God. He's going to say, why are you asking for that? I could pick on, I could pick on the Irwins back there. I'm not going to. They've got their own testimony. I'm going to use the truck, but I'm not going to go there. The truck was something they prayed about. The truck was something that came to them really quickly. It's like, that's not from God. The truck was something that said, God, if you want that, we will use that. We'll throw chainsaws in it. We'll throw people in it. We'll run to Columbus. We'll help people move. And another week later, a guy comes up and says, my wife and I talked about it. We want to give you that truck. What? And it was, it was probably 10 hours after Rob and I were having that conversation. He said, brother, you're not going to believe this. It's like, I probably won't. And I, I, and I celebrated with him. I celebrated with Rob and Nicole. I saw God in that. I saw it beforehand. I saw it after. And I still see it. I run, so I, I run with the guy for a few feet at a time, and I see him ministering to people with this truck that God provided. His motives were right. If you have any questions about that, you can talk to him. But it was neat how God provided. Go to James 4.3. You're about done with me here. James 4 says... And we just went through this. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. It's just a, it's a continuation of that. That you may spend on what you get in your pleasures. Just be careful that your motives are, are pure. Go back to uh, Mark eleven twenty two, please. Have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, believes what they say will happen and it will be done for them. I know we didn't do a normal order of business here. We'll give you announcements at the end. But uh, I'm going to have Elder John come up. John Nee. In this area, this is going to be our challenge for us. Let's be a house of prayer today. Let's be a house of prayer every day. Let's be a house of prayer forever. Doesn't mean even after this life's over. You just continue to fall before the Lord your God. Okay, little handoff here. Johnny's going to take us through something. I'll just let him explain. God's put it on his heart, and I probably interrupted some of that, but let him figure it out with the Holy Spirit. Do you want this one? You could wander oh, around. This is fine. Okay. I'm going to go up and down the aisles. Okay. Just joking. Um, Long story short, with meeting with the elders, one of the things that we want to do is empower you guys to walk out your faith. 
Joey has this vision from God to lead, equip, send out, to change the world, to be known by God, to let other, people's, to let other people know who God is. We want to empower you to know God, to walk out your faith. And as God kind of orchestrated some circumstances um, yesterday, we just came to the conclusion God wants MCF to pray today. So long story short, God is calling MCF today to pray. Specifically, believe he wants the church to pray for the church. He wants you guys to pray for our church and the body of Christ, the church at, church as a whole. You could go worldwide. And so in a little... In a couple moments here, we're going to start praying for the church. But not just Joey, not just the elders. What we recognize is if we do our job well, you guys will be so spirit-empowered, so free in your spirits, so clear in your direction towards God and what he wants to do, that he will use you to change your families and your work and the local community that you, leave in, that you live in. So that's what I believe God's heart's after. Um, I had many thoughts trying to process where we're going. God said, Johnny, I'm in charge today. That's what he told me last night. Like, okay, well, I guess I don't know what we're going to do on Sunday. We'll find out. And uh, it's been beautiful so far. Um, but I think we'd like to start out with what Stu touched on, because sometimes... When we come in prayer, we don't feel powerful, right? We don't feel like we have maybe the conscience to come to God and pray. We don't, maybe we don't have the understanding or we just don't feel like we're, we just, we feel beat up and powerless for a moment. And so one of those things that Stu touched on was, am I coming in righteousness or the James scripture? So I want to provide a moment right now just where we ask God, hey, is there anything that you want me to confess to you right now? Is there anything that you want to deal with in my heart? Any unforgiveness? Matthew 18 parallels a lot of what Stu talked about, about getting together, agreeing together in his name, coming together in prayer. But then the, the, the passage after that talks about what God does for people who don't forgive. So I want to start by, hey, we want to clear up the air inside of our hearts. So we're not coming up front and doing it. We're just taking a moment to say, God, is there, because we're going to join together as righteous people before God, and we're going to go into his throne room, and we're going to ask for him to move. So part of that is that we start first by clearing out our hearts before him. So right now, if everybody close their eyes, however you want to do it. Father God, I pray for the increase of your Holy Spirit in your people today who are your temple. And I ask that you would reveal places of sin in our hearts, places of unforgiveness in our hearts that we need to confess to you. Because if you say, if we confess with our mouth, if we confess these sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all of this unrighteousness. So, Father, I pray that you would reveal to our hearts these places of sin or unforgiveness that we need to repent of so that we can come with a clear conscience and power before you. And God, I say amen. And thank you for the clearing of the hearts, a 
clearing of the minds, clearing of the conscience. And though there may be leftover residue in the experience of our being, I trust wholly that these sins that have been confessed today are wiped completely clean. All unrighteousness gone. Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. So as we pray, as we've come before God, confess sins, we've cleansed our heart. Now we, God invites us into his throne room, the holy of holies, the place where God's presence dwells. We experience God's presence this morning in worship. We had the picture that Stu put up there of the temple. And I want you guys, not because you feel good, not because everything is going right in your life, not because emotionally everything is good, not because you have made every right choice, but because you have confessed your sins to Christ and he is Lord and he gives you his righteousness. I want you guys to come from that standpoint today into the very presence of God with one another to ask God to work. Hebrews 10, 19 through 22 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. That is the reason we enter into the holy place. We enter into the throne room. The the reason we can enter into the place where Jesus stands at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, by his death, Jesus opened a new and a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting in him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Right? So, great truth. Great principle. Jesus says, my house will be called a house of prayer. And he, he invites us into this place. Right? So this is about our hearts coming in to contact with God. We're going to do it together. Um, even if you feel like your heart's marred with sin, Jesus has overcome your heart. Okay? No matter how you feel today, Jesus has overcome that, and you don't come in to the presence of God for any other reason than because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ for your sins and God giving you his righteousness. That's our entry point into walking in the power of prayer before God. We stand on Jesus Christ alone. So I want to invite Kathy up. Kathy was invited to pray for the world or the nation Am I correct on that? You're looking at me like, okay, Johnny. I'll do Joey's thing, like, wrong hip. Um, so I'm going to have Kathy start us off, and you can pray what's on your heart, and uh, we'll go from there. Join me. Father God. Thank you for your spirit in this place. I thank you today that you have blessed each one of us 
with the privilege of living in the United States of America. Lord, our lives, our hearts have been full. They've been blessed by you because of what America was founded on, faith in you. Father God, we know that the foundations that we have so enjoyed are being shaken right now. They're shaken by unrighteousness, by sin, by deception. So, Father God, your word says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, you will hear from heaven. So, Father God, I just, right now, myself and I, my brothers and sisters, Lord, we repent of the sins of our nation, of our communities. We repent. We stand in the gap. We repent for taking over 60 million lives of babies in the last few years. We repent of being selfish and racist. Father God, thank you that you hear our prayer. Thank you that your word is true today and that you will hear our prayer. So, Lord, we just come in purity and in, in a new zeal to be your men and women in this church. We pray for righteousness to come first in our own lives and then as we live it out, Lord, that righteousness would return to our country. Father God, each one of us has such a role to play in this, um, in this wonderful, wonderful process that we can only do through you. So we pray for this, this wave, Lord, a wave of awakening to come to our nation, a wave of, of young people being um, saved and brought to you, Lord God. We want to be in that wave of righteousness, Lord God, that will be a part of your holiness, and, and in whichever way your plan is, Lord God, we believe that the word of God will stand forever, and I thank you that we are part of the kingdom of God. I just thank you for um, hearing us, for being in our midst this morning, and I praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
Amen. You, in our prayer for the world and for the nation, for the chaos, the violence that exists, the unrest, just the muddiness of life that exists, sometimes we get down. But there's a principle when we look at Jesus Christ's life. Jesus, who, said, who came and said, the one who we commit to as Lord and Savior, the one who is king, comes and said, my house will be a house of prayer, but you've made it into a den of thieves. Jesus is saying, I want you to come participate in prayer. I invite you to come and see and participate in prayer and not just consume and take in and take in and take in. Don't just be taught. Don't just come and enjoy the worship. Participate. Jump on in. There's this principle with Jesus' life that Jesus is light. He contrasts darkness. Jesus is life. He contrasts death. When Christ comes into the world, he's, 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 he's bringing in the kingdom of God. He's causing healing to take place in people. He's delivering people. But what happened in the world when the life of God came into the world, when life was coming in to people's lives, what else happened? Violence increased. Chaos increased. People wanted to murder for no reason. Jesus had to suffer a brutal, violent death on the cross as he brought life in. And so we see that going on. So instead of us being dismayed, let's just acknowledge that Christ is at work. He's doing something in our country in the midst of that because as life and as the power of Christ and as the work of God's kingdom makes its way into the United States, in Ohio, and in Mechanicsburg, there is going to be people who only know death will respond with the death and violence. So there's this principle of Jesus, right? We see Jesus coming in with this passion and overturning tables. And on the flip side of that, so here's this very aggressive, masculine, just, just power coming in. He's got authority to do it. And he doesn't care what people think. And on the other end of this passage, Jesus then is healing people who are lame, right? But there's, there's two sides to the coin of Jesus there. Because he comes in and he confronts what Kathy was praying for there. But there is a reaction from it. So God says, hey, will you come in and participate, church? So I want to encourage you to do that. Are we on the same page right now? Yeah? So lots of prep here just for people's hearts, okay? Because I want us to be... I think what God wants is us and our hearts to be on the same accord. We all come in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Who here has confessed faith in Jesus Christ? Who's confessed him as Lord? If you have, stand up. If you haven't, come and see, Jesus says in the book of John. Each person in here carries a deposit of the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God, and God wants to activate that in you He wants to engage you. Jesus came, why? So that we could walk with God. So that we could have relationship with God the Father. So we could walk in the presence of God. So that we could be agents of his kingdom that bring life into a suffering world. That's the call of Christ. So each person here who's standing right now has the very presence of God. Right? So we stand together today. Right? Because we want to We want to be active and just not consumers of Christianity in this house of prayer. And so what God says is, is, I guess his question is, 
Will you engage? Will you take that step forward and engage that relationship with God? As a whole, right? We're doing this together because when two or three people are gathered in my name, right? So active participation. So when somebody prays, right? Prayer is, prayer is very active. It's, it's full of movement of the body. It's full of praise. It's full of confession. It's, it's, it, it's multifaceted. It's just not quiet meditative. That's a portion of it. So it's active. Will you be active together? So when you hear somebody pray and you agree, today can we just say, can you verbalize it out loud? Do a, do a fist raise. Do a hand raise. Be personally engaged and involved. Say, amen. Yes, I agree. Praise Jesus. Amen. Yes, I agree with what that person prayed. Because we're actively engaging as the body where two or three are gathered. Okay, so I, I don't know how to move forward from here, how we're going to pray for the church, and I don't know if I just need to say, come on up and get the microphone, guys. I know we're not just doing that. Um, does anybody have direction? Because I, I don't know how to move forward quite yet in engaging in this prayer. Are we all there in our hearts? Right, the body of Christ. God, God says, look, you're in the burger joint. Look at that big, juicy cheeseburger. Look at him eating that thing. Man, he looks so happy. Look at those fries, they're so salty. Look at that deep fried Twinkie. Right, it's the reality of it. We're watching somebody eat and God says, come do it, partake, eat it. Take it in your hand and try it. Just engage. Fist bump. Amen. Okay, so we got to pray for the church, right? We want to pray for MCF. We don't want to just pray for leadership right now. Leadership's just met. We've been doused in your prayers. We want prayers for you guys to know how to activate your faith, to have words of knowledge, to have the Holy Spirit moving in you so that when you're, you're with your family, when you're at work, when you're in community, you know how to respond because the Spirit's opening your heart to it. That's the kind of prayers we need. We need prayers for the kids in the church, the children's church, to learn to know about God, to learn to know what it is to experience the presence of God. We need prayers that when people are empowered for outreach with the Irwins, that they're so overcome with the direction and power of the Holy Spirit that they don't even have to try. It's not, even, it's not like you're conscious and just figuring stuff out. No, you're walking with the Spirit. Take any, any avenue of the Christian faith in this church, in this body, and let's pray for that. Okay? So what I, this is how we're going to do it. You guys can play if you want. That's cool. I trust you guys. J Stu said do it, so you do it. He's in charge. <laughs> if you have a prayer for the church, then come up. Okay? I'm going to let you come up now. You pray. It's great. Your prayer matters. And we want people to hear it. But if it's too long, I'm going to tap you on the shoulder, right? And then you give me the microphone because there's other people that need to pray. And we want to give everybody opportunity as they feel led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that's just the expectation. You come up, you pray too long, you, you get a little off course. I'm just going to tap you, and you hand the microphone to me, and then squirt your hands with san hand sanitizer because everybody will be touching this microphone. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah? Okay, so let me say a prayer, 
And then as you feel led by the Holy Spirit to pray over the body of Christ, this is key here. This is where God's taking us. We have this world that knows one way of life, which is death. And Christ is coming in with his kingdom, the kingdom of God, which is life. And he wants to bring that in through you guys. And he, how does he confront the forces of the world? With his church. With his people. With his body. With those who make up his temple. That's what God's after. He's asking you to come and participate in bringing in the kingdom of God. And it starts here. It's one person today worshiped, they did spiritual warfare, and they prayed, and they did it all in the midst of pain and suffering and incredible personal difficulty. Someone in this church did that. Guess what? They walked the steps of Jesus because that's what Jesus did. In the midst of pain, suffering, rejection, outwardly things weren't going the way that we wanted. He walked and did spiritual warfare for the kingdom of God. God's ways are not our ways. So worship team, go ahead. Father God, I pray that you would increase the recognition of your Holy Spirit, the seed that is inside every believer in here today. I pray that you would inspire prayers for your body, for the building of the body, for, for seats to be filled with people who don't know the name of Jesus Christ yet. pray for release of these. I pray for this, this, God, that what I can't do up here by myself, what leadership can't do up here would be done in the greater body of MCF. Do your work through your body today. In Jesus' name. I just felt led to uh, read this verse that we read this morning in prayer. Few of us meet before service at 9:30 every Sunday for prayer. If you want to meet with us, we meet in the back room back there. Um, it says so when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of of the promise of His unchangeable character of His purpose, He guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, who we have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever. Lord, we rest in your attributes. We rest in your promises of who you are. You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, Lord. When the world is spinning around us, Lord, we rest in your character, God. We press into who you have called us to be. We are called to be forerunners in the faith, Lord. As Jesus died on the cross, we rest in that, that finished work, God. That finished work that, that, that you are unchanged Lord and we have identity in in you Lord so I just ask Lord that you 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 point us to you we just we just look at your face God we just look at your face and we say holy 
holy, holy Lord. Holy are you, God. We just rest in your goodness, God. We just rest in who you are because that is unshakable. That is unchangeable. You have forever, forever been the same, God. When when things are just spinning around us, when things don't look like like we think they're supposed to look like, Lord. We just rest in your promises, Lord. We say you are good. You have always been good, Lord. You have good plans for MCF. You have good plans for every single person in this congregation, Lord. And we just rest in that goodness, Lord. We just rest in your plans, Lord. And Lord, I just say no weapon formed against us will ever prosper because we are yours, Lord. We are yours because you died for us and it is finished God it is finished Lord we just thank you for the reconciliation of the cross Lord the restoration of the cross Lord we just thank you for this time Lord that we could just focus on you in prayer Lord break us Lord break our hearts for you break us for the people of Mechanicsburg Lord just break our hearts for the people of Mechanicsburg Ephesians 1, beginning with verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority power and dominion and every name that is invoked not only in this present age but also in the one to come all right i'm not good like all of that but um i just i i'm very grateful um i'm very grateful for god i'm very grateful to be alive right now i'm very grateful to be walking i'm very grateful family with my granddaughter. I'm very, I'm grateful for sobriety. I'm, just, I'm grateful for, um, I'm just very grateful to be here with all of you guys. Like, thank you, God. Thank you for everything. Father God, thank you for Rebecca, how she experiences you, how she's learning to know you. May your Holy Spirit fall on her fall on her in her spirit, fall on her body, fall on her mind. Cause her to walk in your ways, Lord. Open her eyes up to your way of life. Life, God. 
May you pour your blessing down upon her. Cause your face to shine upon her. In Jesus' name. Can we just rejoice that the Bible is truth right now? We may not like the way things look. We may not, we may not agree on everything. Our candidates may not be the same, but those are the things of the world. We're going to render to Caesar what is Caesar's, what to, to God what is God's. And uh, we just want to rejoice right now. I just feel like God's telling me to rejoice in the fact that the Bible is truth. That there is no, there is no perfection outside of him. There's no comfort outside of him, no joy outside of him, no peace outside of him. And that we should not be surprised with what we see right now. We were made for this time, and we're here to function in this time. And I just wanted to, uh, just want to thank you, Lord. I want to come to you now and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We recognize you, Lord. We know that you have promised that that there will be tribulation in this world, but that you have overcome it. That Jesus Christ has come to overcome this. And Lord, we just claim that victory right now. And I just want to say again, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Praise God in Jesus' name. Ephesians 6, uh, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the world around us, I pray for the church at MCF that you would put on the full armor of God, that you would fasten on the belt of truth, that you understand the truth of the Bible, that you would put on the breastplate of righteousness that comes from putting your faith in Jesus Christ and trusting Him as your Lord and Savior, and the helmet of salvation that comes with that, that you would fasten upon your feet the sandals of readiness, that you would be prepared to give an answer to those that would ask you, and that you would pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You put on the shield of faith. You get that faith by interacting with your fellow believers and you learn from them. Hey, do not resist the Holy Spirit. He is working in your hearts right now. I know he's working in some of your hearts. When you take a step forward and you walk at the leading of God, you offer a gift of grace, an extension of grace from God to his people, his world, his church, your community respond to the move of the Holy Spirit inside of you respond to it don't hold back God says come and see try taste I just want to read Psalm 63 it says oh God you are my God I earnestly search for you my soul thirsts for you My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Father God, I thank you for your word. And I just ask that you will just plant us in your truth and in your word. Help us to love you more than life itself. Unite us as one, as one body. I just thank you and love you. 
Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Remember, the enemy is going to come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's going to come and try to rob and take from what the Word of God is trying to plant in you today, you know. And it's important you know that the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than tuning to edge of sword. And the Word says that uh, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, and that no weapon forged against us will prosper and will refute, refute every tongue that sets itself up against us. So, Father, I just claim this for Mechanics for Christian Fellowship, Father God, for the men and women here, that they may know that they are an oak of righteousness, a plant in the Lord for the display of their splendor, Father God, Lord. And that you, Father, that you plant these seeds inside us, Father God, with, with hopes and dreams and visions, Father God, Lord. And help us to pursue those hopes, dreams, and visions, Father God. And come against the enemy when he tries to tell us, no, that's not for you. No, that's not for you. But it is for you. Help us to rise up as a congregation, Father God, as people of God, as men and women and children that love you and that honor you, Father God, and help us to see your light and to see your truth and to see your vision, Father God, Lord. And let the word resonate in all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our spirits, Father God, that we may know that it's the living God that's called us forth, Father God, Lord. And surround us with us all with men and women, Father God, of the Lord that can encourage us, that can build us up, Father God, that when we do trip, stumble, and fall, Lord, that we can pick ourselves up and we can have people stand beside us and pick us up and that we can... Uh, um, come to the cross, Father God, ask for repentance, ask for forgiveness, Father God, and continue moving forward, Father God, forgetting what is behind and pressing on for the goal that is set before us, Father God, Lord. Help us to see that, Father, and know that in our hearts and our souls and our spirits, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercies that are new every day. In Jesus' name. I've got 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And Jesus, I just pray for this church that you bring us all to your unrelenting love and let us all understand what that love is so that we can become a true family and just bring out into our communities just the light of you so that we can all bring out the message of Jesus and all become a very close family and just really, really, truly learn your love, the real love that you have that we don't understand. We get rid of all the gossip and all the bickering and all those little things and just learn to truly love each other, dear Lord. In your beautiful name, I pray, Jesus. Lord, I pray that we as a church at MCF would be a people of surrender because you can do way more with our surrender than we can with our control. And God, we try to micromanage and control every little area of our lives, but Lord, help us live in full surrender to you, surrendering our spirits to you to walk in lockstep with you, just as Jesus did, looking continually to you, Father, for the next move, relying fully every moment on you. God, just help us to be a people of surrender. Over in Ephesians 1, 
verses just come to mind and it says grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ praise to be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight and love he predestined us to adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And I just want to pray right now, Father God, that that the, the grace and peace that you have given to us, Lord, that we will feel that, that we'll actually feel it deep down inside of us, God. And, and whatever this world has going, whatever this world has going on right now, God, we just, we just, we can hold on to that grace. We can hold on to that hope that's only given through you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for, for the many blessings. We thank you for calling us, predestining us to be your sons and daughters, God. We love you. We thank you. And just, just peace be over MCF. Peace be over the body of Christ. And just let us take your peace, God. Let us be your hands and your feet and your mouth and let's take the living word of God to those out there who don't have this peace, those you've called as well that those that you've already called that they just haven't found you I pray that MCF that the body here, that the, that the body of, of Christians, that we just take this to others that they have exactly the same thing Lord Thank you in Jesus' name. Okay, guys, Randy's going to pray here for a second, and then I want to take a pray. I want to take a break, and the prayers, and I want us to enter in to a praise song of God. Let our hearts enter into that's a portion of prayers praising God. So we get two two more here. We're going to take a. Just a heartbreak from the prayer and praise God. Be filled by God and want to continue in prayers for the church. Is anybody else hearing the heart, the, the desires of God that have been spoken by people, by the people here? Is anybody else hearing that? I'm hearing that God wants to do amazing things in you. The time is now. All we have is this moment. So I just pray for an excitement, a zeal, Father, to be put within us, to go. Lord, you have given us the tools, so help us to, to seek those tools to pursue you, Father. I pray for us to have a boldness within us, intentionality. That we go, Lord, we, we have so many opportunities, Lord, every day. So, Lord, I just ask that you just reveal those opportunities to us. Put that pounding in our hearts so we know we cannot walk away from that moment. Tell people about Jesus today, Lord. Just help us to do that. The time is now. All the craziness in the world right now, Lord, we should have an urgency in our heart to just pursue you and to tell people about you more than we ever have. So, Lord, I just pray for the boldness, the intentionality, and for you just to, just to pound our hearts, Lord, so we know not to walk away without saying your name. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Jesus, we love you. You are good. I don't want to be up here. I don't want to pray out loud. But it's not about me. It's about you, Jesus. You are good. Moses had to put the staff in the water. Noah had to build the boat. 
Jesus, I step my foot in the water. You are good. This church is good. You have a plan. You have a plan for each individual. I say, who am I? You say, you are mine. You are good. Thank you, Jesus. Did you hear that? You are his. He has a plan for you. He has things that he wants you to engage. He wants you to participate. He wants you to feel the life flow of God come through you and not be stopped up with you. Hey, listen up people online. Are you, is the sound booth connected with Facebook where we're streaming, where they can see people's comments? Okay, people online, if you have prayers, and I'm asking that you write out your prayers on Facebook, sound booth when they come in and there's a break, pray the prayers for these people. You guys thought you could hide up there between, behind all your fancy equipment. God's calling you out. So let's enter into praise to our Lord and Savior. If God has moved in your heart ever, if he has ever forgiven a sin, if he has ever, if he has ever touched your heart, caused you to be different, caused the life of your family to be different, you have reason to bless his name. You have reason to come with thankfulness and joy and to praise Him. Sing, Blessed Be Your Name. Blessed be Your name In the land that is plentiful Where Your streams of abundance flow Blessed be Your name Blessed be Your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name.
I am aware in my spirit that there are people in here and people at home who in their hearts do not feel like they can engage at the level of others because of what they've been facing. You're not second class. Right? You're not. You're on the same playing field as the people who can be excited. And I want Pastor Stu to come up here in a moment to pray over you guys, okay? The body of Christ today wants to lift you up. We want to say amen to breakthrough, amen to release, amen to transformation, amen to letting go of addiction, whatever it might be, okay? It exists. You're not second class. Satan would tell you that. You're not second rate. Okay? So if that's you at home, then I want you to raise your hand or stand up or bow down on your knees before Christ and say, I've got nothing inside while Pastor Stu prays for you. If you're in this room, right now I want you to raise your hand that the people of Christ, the people of Christ in here could see you and lift you up as Pastor Stu prays over you. So if you're in here, I'm calling you out, I'm sorry. It's just make that gesture, guys. So pastors of people at home, people in here, whoever needs that extra, we want to lift you up. Here's one start I wanna I wanna do to pray for us. I just need like 50 people to come pray over this one. Right now. I want 50 people to come pray over Pastor Joey Brown right now. I don't care if it's 70 or 80. He's okay. There's a lot of stuff going on in Joey and Macy's life that is tough right now. If it weren't tough enough, he's got to lead a church of a bunch of crazy people. We love him dearly. We've been praying for him constantly. But man, to see this, to see this, pray over Joey's health. Pray over Macy's family, her mom and her dad. Her dad's got some physical struggles. Pray over their family. Pray over their marriage that God protects them through all those struggles. You go ahead and pray right now. Let the, let the body of believers pray for the one that God put the mantle on to lead his flock. see a picture of your of your prayers being walked in like 
incense up to the Father. Breathing it in and enjoying it. Heavenly Father, you're so wise. When you bring us together and you give us a collective sense that you are God, and when we hear that and when we follow you, you tell us where two or three or more of you are gathered, you know, there I am. We've welcomed your presence here, Holy Spirit. You have been here. You have been here. You're always here, but today you let us feel your presence and what a powerful and wonderful thing that has been. Father, as these brothers and sisters in Christ are lifting up Joey and Macy and their family to you, I also lift them up and I just ask you to give them all the provision. You've already given the mantle, Lord. You've already given the burdens. You've already given the training. You've already given the skill set. You've already given the heart and the compassion, Lord. And I pray you continue to open up, open up the wisdom for Joey and Macy to see where you are at work very clearly and that you will use these times to bolster their faith, their strength, and their power in Christ to do all the things that you have before them. That they not falter, they not fail because you're holding them up by your mighty righteous right hand. Lord Jesus, I pray over this congregation. I thank you for this body that's here, Lord. I love them to death. I love them to death. You love them even more, Lord. I can't even, I can't even drum up enough love to even come within an inch of how much you love each one of these that are yours, Lord. Each one of these, Lord, that even Johnny spoke that there are some who feel so unworthy, Lord, so unworthy. They feel so unworthy. They can't come before your holy of holies. Please give them, give them the wisdom and the knowledge that they can because of the blood of Christ that was shed, that that curtain was torn. They can come before your presence because of the Son who stands with them and says they are good. This is my good and faithful servant whom I love. Lord, may I present them to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness for your advocacy, for your brotherhood. You, you say we're your brothers, but you're our king, you're our prince, you're our lord of lords, you're our savior. But you let us be so intimately close to you. We are your bride, you are our, our bridegroom, Lord. Help that sink into us and not be weird by that, Lord. Help that sink into our minds and our spirits. We dedicate this day over to you, Lord, and may it, be, may it have been a day that you heard our praises that we sought you with all of our heart and we found you because we sought you with all of our hearts, Lord. That we lifted our prayers to you and you heard our prayers because we lifted them to you in faithfulness. We honor you, we bless you, we love you, Lord God Almighty, Lord Jesus, our Savior, Holy Spirit, our Counselor, and Spirit of Truth. It's in your precious name, Jesus, that we pray all of these things. And the people of God all said, Amen. And fist bumps. If any are here and you wish to be biblical and have problems or issues or struggles and you want the elders to pray over you, if you're unhealthy and you would like to possibly be prayed over and anointed with oil, if you have those needs, um, please come up front and uh, the elders will come forward and we'll pray with you. Take some time out. We have Miss Rebecca here already. I love her faithfulness. If you have that need, come forward. And those of you who want to pray with us, come forward. We have a couple prayers came out on Facebook. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We offer up our praise and worship to you and our thanks for this life you've given us. We praise for unity in our country. We love you, Father. 
Father, we ask for the body of Christ here at MCF in every corner of the earth, Numbers 6, 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thank you, online people, for your prayers. You are part of us. Remember this, guys. You are not second rate. You're not. You're first class. Jesus Christ way. Go in peace. Anybody who needs prayer, like Pastor Stu said, come on up. God, may you bless the body of MCF. May you empower the body of MCF. May people find rest today, this afternoon, and may they find encouragement and strength to face the battles before them this week. In Jesus' name, Jesus. amen. Amen. Go home.